This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and that's Sam Joe. Hello! And together we share our thoughts about everything under the sun and moon about pop culture. So today we'll be talking about Oscars! Oscars! Woo! Woohoo! It's Oscar season! Yes, next week, next Sunday, Feb 24th, in American time, the Oscars are going to be live. Yes, it's the 91st Academy Awards, and of course, yes. what are the Academy Awards, right? They're given annually by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and they honour basically artistic and technical accomplishments in film. Yes, right? only film, only film. No TV or anything. Yeah. yeah. It was first awarded at a private dinner back in 1929, eventually made it to TV broadcast in 1953, but either way, to get an Oscar today is still considered one of the biggest honours in the industry. Yes. It's the biggest award. You know, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, the SAG, they don't compare. It's the Oscar. Right, everyone wants an Oscar. If you grew up wanting to be an actor, you go one day out get an Oscar. Okay, but of course there's more than meets the eye, right? Whether you win or not, can actually depend on how much you fight for it. And there's yes. plenty of politics and hobnobbing that goes on behind the scenes. Yes, it's not just talent. There's a lot, a lot of campaigning, a lot of politics that goes behind winning an Oscar. So today we're going to be talking about how people actually win Oscars and what goes on behind the Academy Awards. Right. So firstly, we'll delve a little bit into the makeup of Academy voters. You know, who decides who wins? Who mm-hmm. are these people? How many people are there? You know, Oscar campaigning tactics. We're going to talk a little bit about Hollywood's most hated men. Harvey Weinstein yes, yes who kind who, of invented campaigning who invented who made Oscar campaigning a sport like a bloody sport that it is now that requires so much money and so much time and effort he was the man who invented that so we're going to talk about why it's so important to campaign because it can really make or break your win and then we're going to delve into a little bit about the tactics you know what you need to schmooze the voters you know mm, what you the, need to do buying gifts and all that all the, the zeitgeist all the ads yes and tapping then, into the zeitgeist yeah tapping the zeitgeist you know tapping into like current issues that are hot topics then whisper campaigns the you know, dark side of yeah. Oscar campaigning how do you mm-hmm. talk down your opponents mm-hmm. and you know spread rumours about mm-hmm. them a little bad mouthing here and there yeah. here and there and then we're gonna just really quickly talk about the other factors yeah, such other as factors. Um, they go into campaigning you know like the star power that's involved in the film mm-hmm. from the get go you know the fashion that's associated with the film after all Hollywood mm-hmm. is about the glitz and glamour and, and of course the timing of the release yes. of the film that's also very important in terms of your strategy yes okay and then um, well some Oscar campaigns are successful. We're going to talk about some of these successful ones. But it can also backfire. We're going to talk about that as well. Then finally, we'll close off with just a little bit of a roundup of how this year's campaign has been shaping out. Yeah. Yes, and who we want to win. Yeah, who we personally <laughs> want to win, although we are not on the Academy. Yes. Okay, so if we were Academy voters, these are, yes. these are the people we'll be campaigning for. All right, Samjo, you want to tell us a little bit more about Academy voters? Yeah, so let's start off. Like, so in order to understand the culture of you know Oscar campaigning, we need to understand you know who are we campaigning for? for? Like, like, who decides? Yeah, who yeah. are we campaigning towards? Right. So the Academy actually has a voting membership of over eight thousand people. This mm-hmm. this figure is accurate as of. 2018. It mm-hmm. comprises different disciplines in film production, with actors being the largest voting block. I guess what I'm trying to say is, imagine the Oscar uh, voting membership as a huge jury. Yes, you know, yes. And these are people. You know, at the end of the day, 
These are people who have limited time. They may not have time to watch yes. all the nominees. And they, some of you, them skip films. Some of them don't watch exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. But yet the power to decide who wins lies in their vote and their hands. Yes. So that's what's um, scary but interesting at the same time, okay? So like I said, they're human and they might actually be swayed about, you know, what's reported in the press, right? About yes. movies, If about a lot artists. of people like it, you want to like it too. Yeah. Exactly. So You don't you want know, to be left out. You don't want to be the one person who doesn't like, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, the wife. Like, well, I don't get it. Like, you know, you, you yeah, exactly. You don't want to be, you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's some level of hurt mentality as well, right? Mm-hmm. Although that can backfire and we'll tap on that. We'll tap later. on that later. Yeah. Let's talk about the representation because mm. as you know, you know, Oscar So White was a big movement. You know, people thought like the Oscars overly favoured white nominees and movies about white people uh, and yeah. people of colour, you know, didn't get as much representation or women, you know. Hi. Definitely. Yeah. Like, so in 2015 and 2016, there were like zero acting nominations for people of colour, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you talk about the Academy voters as well, like we said, these are the people who are actually going to decide who wins. Yeah. But if you look at their representation as of last year, it's 2018, yeah, women only made up what? A third of the voters? Yeah. Jen, I'm very upset about that. About that. Yeah. Women films are great, okay? Even though half of the world are... are yeah, half of the women. population are women. You <laughs> yeah. should at least make it half, yeah. right? And Come people on. of colour made up only 13%. Which so, is bad, okay? Exactly. So Asian films are just as good. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the people who are actually voting, but again, they're not necessarily representing an accurate... They're not necessarily an accurate representation of the cross-section of the population, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then those are you know obviously representation and biases come into play we talk about legacies as well right? we talk about how some actors like think about Meryl Streep you know they've had 21 nominated nominations for sneezing okay she sneezes <laughs> in a film she gets nominated she blinks in the film she's like oh my god that was great right yeah. so she's nominated 21 times and won 3 times okay she has the most nominations ever mm-hmm. and then you have actors who have been who are so established in the industry I mean mm-hmm. think about Amy think Adams about Amy Adams you know, who is not, nominated this year for Vice for Vice mm-hmm. so that would bring her nominations up to 6 times but she's never won never a single won. one and she's yeah. in her 40s now she's been in the industry for quite a while Peter, Peter O'Toole, O'Toole. Yes. Right? Uh, God bless his soul. Nominated eight times. Never actually won Best Actor outright. But in 2002, the Academy decided, okay, we're going to give him an, Finally uh, give an, him an honorary, honorary award. award. Yes. And thankfully, they gave it to him before he died. Glenn Close. Glenn oh. Close. Nominated this year for Best Actress in We hope the Wife. she wins. I really hope she wins. She okay. deserves an Academy Award. But she was nominated seven times. Never won. Basically, she is the Peter O'Toole of now, She's right? She's the second Peter She's O'Toole. She's the second Peter O'Toole. We hope, let's hope she wins. <laughs> I really hope so. So she holds yeah. a current record for most knots without a win, okay? So there are all these like issues that come into play. Like Oscar voters, they're only human and they're very susceptible to biases. external forces and yeah. biases mm-hmm. and, and what is reported, you know? And Which which is why they can be influenced. Mm-hmm, which is why the campaigning comes in. So right now we're going to be talking about the Oscars campaign. Yes. Because you can sway voters by mounting a really, really aggressive, successful campaign. So who invented the Oscar campaign? I mean, the Oscars has been around for a long time, as we said. You know, the first award ceremony broadcasted was in 1953. Yes, but and first award, awarded 1929. Yeah, so it's been around for a long time. But the whole idea of campaigning for an Oscar, spending money, time, and lobbying for that, that really, really began. The very bloodthirsty spot of it really began with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, the now disgraced Harvey Weinstein. Yes, who was the founder of Miramax with his brother, Bob, and he basically invented this whole idea of campaigning aggressively for an Oscars. You know, Miramax, when it started out, was a fairly small... Indie studio, Yeah, sort of an indie studio, until it got bought over by Disney in 1993, and that gave them a lot of financial muscle to, you know, basically uh, pour in a lot of money for Oscars. 
So Harvey Weinstein is thanked in a 2015 analysis of Oscar speeches, like over a thousand Oscar speeches. Harvey Weinstein is thanked more often than God wow. by actors and actresses. <laughs> yeah, right. by people who win. So he's a he's a huge deal. So he had a lot of bullying. Like he did a lot of bullying, a lot of very aggressive tactics. So let's look at some of that. Delve into um, tactics. Yeah. So number one in you know in terms of campaigning tactics, right? It's the very obvious. You know, all these mm. for your consideration. Aggressive. Acts. Outreach, yeah. yes. So your ads for your consideration, you know, your media interviews, what, you know, what your is for your consideration actually. For your consideration is a mm-hmm. phrase that is used very often during award season. You mm-hmm. know, it's basically going, look, these are the films, films. that we've done. Yes. This is the talent that were involved with the film. For your yeah. consideration, please. It's literally a direct like, address. Please look at this. Exactly. Yes. Direct address to the Academy Voters. Please to say, watch my look, film. Look at us. Yes. This person, for example, gang clothes, you know, for your consideration, she deserves to win. Now, yes. now more than ever. And they have know? events for that, you know, like schmoozing events, dinners, galas. galas it's yeah. all soirees. It's all a big thing, you exactly. know. A lot Special of money. screenings, exclusive meals with the director yes. and talents, you know. Yes. And um, a lot of them actually hire campaign veterans. Yes. You know, and we're talking about people people who are very publicists, you know, yeah. very experienced publicists whose specialization are to push films. Push yeah. films. Generate press. Generate press for films and make sure that the films actually get awards and get accolades. Yeah. So we're talking about like campaign veterans like Lisa Tabak. So Miramax was actually when you mentioned Lisa Tabak, Miramax was actually quite famous for paying publicists past retirement age who are also in the academy as voters to schmooze with their academy colleagues and to generate press and goodwill for the film. And also, they do this thing where they do a one-to-one lobbying with voters. Harvey Weinstein was famous for this. So for the film My Left Foot in 1989, Harvey Weinstein actually organised screenings for voters. He would set up screening in the motion picture retirement home, where many of these old, old voters were in and living there. He would set up screenings there so that they could vote for it. If you went on holiday to the Aspen, he would set up screening in Aspen. If you went on holiday to Hawaii, he would set up screening in Hawaii. That Damn. was what he did. And he was for, just there at every turn. Yes, right? for Sling Blade, uh, 1989 as well, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, who is Angelina Jolie's ex-husband, they wore a vow of each other's blood. Uh, on I remember next. that. I yeah. remember that. That was so, weird. Yeah. In 1989, he was completely an unknown, but he wrote a screenplay, did a film based off a book that he wrote for Sling Blade. And basically, Miramax caught voters one by one to be like, hey, did you watch Sling Blade? You should watch it. A few days later, callback again was like, what did you think of the film? You know, I thought it was really good. I hope it's worthy of a nomination. And then that one-on-one lobbying actually proved very successful because voters get a lot. They get overwhelmed with all these films and then you point out to them, hey, this film is good and you call them to make sure that they watch it and then you call them and tell them, you know what, I think it should really win an Oscar and that stays yeah. in their head, you know, that yeah. sticks that in. So the Stuffing next Stuffing it point, into your consciousness, right? Every breathing moment, yes. essentially. Like, so you don't forget that the film exists. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vouchers so far, do find us on the Straits Times podcast channel, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Like and rate us! Now back to our show, let us continue with the Oscars. The next point, we're going to talk about tapping on the zeitgeist and larger issues, uh, larger hot topic issues that a film might be associated with. Right, so one tactic that Oscar campaigners use, right, is yes, okay, you know, the film is good, the acting was good, directing was good and everything, sound editing and all that, perfect. But how do you actually make more people care about the film on the next level, on a deeper deeper level? On a deeper level, yes. You know, and so what they do is they tap on larger issues, like, you know, social Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. or issues which to show that, you know, the filmmakers and people behind the film are actually concerned 
learn about what the film stands for. Yes. You know, the same way like when actors win on stage, they don't just thank their mother, father, God or whatever. They, they also thank, also like, thank uh, all the mothers out there. You know, for example, when Sandra Bullock won for Blindside, she mm-hmm. thanked all the mothers who, you know, cared for children, even if these children are not their own. You mm-hmm. know, and that when, was very yeah. representative of the themes of the film. For Emmys, when Nicole Kidman won for Big Little Lies, she also talked about domestic violence in a speech. Exactly, yeah. because Things her like character that. suffered abuse in the show. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, back to the Oscars, right? You know, Silver Linings Playbook, for example, obviously very big film. Bradley Cooper, who played a character with bipolar disorder, he was the lead in that, and the director, David O. Russell, they actually met then-Vice President Joe Biden at the White House to discuss mental issues. Mental you know, health issues. Mental yeah. health issues. Mm-hmm. And, then and had- Daniel Day-Lewis, again, Harvey Weinstein's film for My Left Foot, he actually testified in the Senate for the Disability Act because he played a character with cerebral palsy in the film. And then Philomena. Yes, um, Philomena, mm-hmm. you know, actor Steve Coogan. Philomena was a film starring Judy Dench about a great dame Judy Dench. Yes. You know, it was about an Irish woman who had her kid taken away from her and put under foster care in the US, essentially. Yeah. And she spent, you know, the rest of her years, life yeah, yeah, searching, searching for, for the kid. Yeah. And so, actor Steve Coogan, you know, and the real Philomena Lee, you know, the actual Philomena. Yeah, because it was based on a real story. Based on a yeah. real story. Actually met up with Pope Francis in, in Rome as part of the Philomena Project to raise awareness about forced and illegal adoptions. Yeah, and again, the Weinstein Company distributed this film. Yeah. So, was it all publicity act? Maybe, maybe not, yeah. right? Yeah, and that another is probably publicity. Probably, <laughs> most probably. Um, and another film, you know, in recent memory was Lion, of course. You know, Lion featured an immigration storyline starring Nicole Kidman. And it was relevant in light of Trump's tough line stance on immigration and travel bans, mm-hmm, right? You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when the Oscar ad came out, there was a big picture of the child actor Sunny Pawa looking up into the sunlight, you know, and in red. It took an extraordinary effort to get ADO actor Sunny Pawa a visa so he could come to America for the first time. Next year, this might not be an option. Lion, remember where you came from. This is, yeah. if anything, it's a huge dig at Trump and a huge call out to all these yeah, people who are concerned. jumped on something newsworthy. Exactly. Yes. And who are concerned about the state of America, about the state of the travel bans and immigration policies mm-hmm. to go, look, our film is relevant. So that so, is a, a yeah. very, very strong tactic that people so use. So that's all fairly above board campaigning. Now the dark side of the campaigning, whisper campaign, spreading rumours to ruin the chances of your competitor. To sabotage the competition, yes. basically. Most famous example, notorious example. This is like one for the ages. Like Oscar Obsessive talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein again helped Shakespeare in Love win <laughs> oh over my God. Saving Private Ryan. Come on, Shakespeare in Love. Do you guys even remember what Shakespeare in Love was about? Yeah. But do you guys remember what Saving Private Ryan was about? Yes, I do. So, you know what? Twenty. Can, this is twenty years ago, but we're still talking about it. Saving Private Ryan. It. Come on, yes. it's a great film for Steven Spielberg, but it didn't win because Harvey Weinstein attacked his competitor with comments that Saving Private Ryan peaked in the first twenty minutes. He allegedly attacked. He allegedly, because he denies. Yeah. Uh, he denies so. ever doing so. I really don't think it's. It doesn't matter if we accuse him now of things like that. I yeah. mean, he has worse things to worry about. But whatever it was, Saving Private Ryan was the favorite to win that year for Best Picture. But somehow, you know, when the envelope was open, it was like Shakespeare in Love, and you could tell that everyone in the room was somewhat was like, stunned. What? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> even Shakespeare in Love, they were stunned. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And even Gwyneth Paltrow got a Best Actress win for Shakespeare in Love. Which hello, Gwyneth Paltrow has an Oscar, and Glenn Close doesn't. Like, what is the world? Well, her dress was nice let's put it that way okay. it wasn't that nice <laughs> it was pink and the list goes on la. you know you have movies like Three Billboards it was accused of being 
racist. Three billboards outside Mad Big Missouri. Yeah. Yes, amazing. I love Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Um, okay. The Django Unchained, you know, apparently had too many N words. Zebu Duck 30 was accused of justifying torture. You know, Lincoln and Argo, apparently they distorted history. Slumdog Millionaire eventually won Best Picture, but before that, the whisper campaign was that the Indian child actors were underpaid. And then A Beautiful Mind also, apparently it sanitized John Nash's life, you know, in terms of allegations of his homosexuality and being anti-Semitic. But this also won Best Picture, exactly. Okay, so delving a little bit into the f- little bit more frivolous part of it, you know, star power. Why don't you tell us about that? Star power, exactly. So this is a somewhat minor point, but I think it does play a part in getting attention to your film and mm-hmm. generating buzz around your film. I mean, mm-hmm. getting famous people, often music superstars, involved in your film. So there's this a bit of a crossover, you know. So we've heard of actresses going to music, actors, actresses going mm-hmm. to music, but you also have musicians coming into acting. So a very good example, 1987, Moonstruck, you know. Cher. They got Cher, mm-hmm. you know, who is obviously very famous in the music industry but they got her to take the lead role and she eventually won Best Actress you know the next year at the Oscars and another example was 1996 Avita, right? They had Madonna in the lead role of Avita Peron, and she didn't necessarily win an Oscar, but she actually snagged home a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical and Comedy. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I don't the know the rest of the lyrics. I never left you. Okay. Okay. Skip. Skip. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then ten years later, 2006, you had Dreamgirls. You know, you had Beyonce, Beyonce. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, yes. not quite a big star at that point, but not as big as Beyonce. But she took home Best Supporting Actress. And then, see? of course, um, this year, A Star is Born, Lady Gaga. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can't deny star power definitely factors in. Yeah. Another tactic is fashion, right? Yeah, Can fashion is a big that? thing. So drumming our press with like stunning red carpet look, that's very much a thing that has been going on in the Oscars for a long time. So actors and actresses on a award track tend to dress more conservative. You know, you look at Lady Gaga that we just mentioned for A Star is mm. Born. Guys, Lady Gaga was a meat dress-wearing pop singer. She wore a dress made out of raw meat, okay? She was an alien in an egg. She's yes. done every single thing. She like, has in done terms everything. Of but now that she's gunning for an Oscar, she's being nominated for Best Actress, she's gunning for an Oscar, and you see her in this beautiful ingenue looks, you know? She's in this periwinkle Valentino at the Golden Globes. When she came out for the red carpet premiere, she was in this beautiful pink dress, you know. That's right. She's very conventional, very traditional Hollywood pretty. And that's it, what you need to do, In right? a way, you want to be taken, she wants to be taken seriously you as an actress. You want to be taken seriously as an exactly. actress, yeah. And then there's also the type of film. Like, films like A Star Is Born about the entertainment industry tend to do very well with Academy voters because, you know, people are narcissistic. They like to read stories about themselves. They like to watch stories about themselves, yeah. about their own industry. Yeah. So where you have like La La Land, which is also about struggling artists, the artist, which was also about silent film star, Shakespeare in Love, was about struggling playwright trying to get his next script out. Right. Things like that. That all ties in. And of course, the timing of the film is also very important. Pretty important. I mean, it's a minor point, but generally filmmakers agree that, you know, if you release a film too far away from award season, you know, it will lose all traction and buzz by the time Golden Globes and the Oscars come about. Yeah. Come so around, you got to you know? have it close to award season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And hence, a lot of Oscar gunning films tend to come out of the woodwork only November, December, yeah, and like January, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. that's why everyone's like, okay, I can't wait to watch the Oscars, but wait, I don't have time to watch all the films before that. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's why we have that problem. Okay, but anyway, these are some of the tactics that, you know, Oscar campaigners have used. 
Some and of them have proven to be successful, successful yeah. and they've been so successful they actually caused major upsets during mm-hmm. awards night, right? So like just now you talked about Shakespeare in Love winning Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan. 2005 or so, you know, Crash, um, crash topping Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain for Best Picture mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, one of the bigger upsets. Bigger yeah. upsets, yeah. Because Ang Lee was really slated to win for yeah. Brokeback Mountain. He won Best Director he for He won Best Director. Said. But you know, the thing with the Oscars is if you win Best Director, they might give the best film to someone else. They might, so, they might. Yeah. But there was a time when if you won one best director, you you more or less know who's going to win best picture as well. There was that correlation, I guess, after a while. Yeah, but it just shows, you know, you may be an Oscar favourite from the get-go, but you can still become a casualty on Hollywood's biggest night. Because you lose out campaigning. Yeah, But exactly. um, some campaigns have not been so successful and mm. has actually backfired quite terribly. Let's talk about the social network 2010, about the founding of Facebook. Founding of Facebook. So obviously, you know, had a lot of buzz. It was about Facebook, for heaven's sake, and Facebook... It was big. In 2010, Facebook was not under siege from the press. Yes, like, yes. There was yeah. not so much negative news about them yet. I know, and... You you know, it was still a, a the social network yeah, to it was get the on. Social network, yeah. Okay, it won four major Golden Globes and it swept out the Critic Circle Awards Bafta's, and BAFTAs, everything. Yeah. It was a film, basically the film to beat la, at the 2011 Academy Awards, mm-hmm. okay? But out of its eight Oscar nods, it only took home three mm-hmm. statuettes. And we're talking about not necessarily the biggest ones, we're talking about adapted screenplay, editing, and original score. Mm-hmm. And I think one of his producers told LA Times that she expected backlash because the film was being talked about too much almost, you know? So yeah, people kind of got tired of it. Yeah. Exactly, and people Sony, were like annoyed. Yeah, and, and you know, Studio Sony came across as too eager to win, and the director David Fincher was also apparently like very prickly doing his limited appearances in front of the press. And then for, again, Harvey Weinstein, Miramax, you know, the founder of Miramax. Miramax got the Oscar winning director and former Academy president Robert Wise to write an op-ed praising Gangs of New York and his director Martin Scorsese. So it was a very complimentary op-ed, but immediately after it came out, you know, there was a lot of backlash, there was an outright violation of Academy rules because you're getting a former Academy president to write about how great, to like push one particular film. One particular film, film, yeah. Yeah, There's a clear agenda behind that. Yeah, so a lot of people were very upset with Miramax for that, very upset with Weinstein for that. And in the end, guess what? Martin Scorsese lost. Lost to Roman Polanski of all people who has some really dicey issues with um, child molestation and stuff. But he lost to Roman Polanski that year even though he would eventually win for The Departed in 2006. But that was not a Miramax film. So... That's but, a good example of how, yeah. you know, Oscar campaigning can backfire. Can backfire. And, and can, you can see why a lot of people... Some people don't really enjoy it. It is you too know. desperate. I think people get a little bit annoyed. Exactly. Yeah. And there have been some instances where people actually refuse to partake in such campaigning yeah, they don't want they to don't do want it. to get involved yeah. in politics. Mm-hmm. They don't want to overdo it. Yeah, so a good example was Monique, right? You know, the comedian actress. She won Best Supporting Actress for Precious at the 2010 mm-hmm. Awards and she actually went on to stage and said, first I would like to thank the Academy for showing that it can be about the performance, not the politics. And you know, that was actually a direct dig at everyone else who had asked her to go and do more Oscar campaigning and she refused. And they accused her of being very demanding and everything. She mm-hmm. said no to very powerful people, by the way. Yeah. Um, the producers, Oprah... <laughs> Oprah, and Tyler Hello. Perry. She said no to director Lee Daniels. She said no to Lionsgate. So she said no to everyone. She was like, you know what? If my performance is good enough, it will win an award. Yeah. And she did. And I was very, very happy she for did. her. She did. So basically, it just shows that not everyone plays the game. But sadly for her, I mean, she claims that she's been blackballed in the industry since. Like, you know. Yeah, she hasn't really had any big role since. Since, yeah, yeah exactly, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, so that's all done and dusted. Let's talk a little bit about this year's campaigns. All Woo! right, 2019, let's go. A Star is Born, Lady Gaga. And up for Best Picture, right? And mm-hmm. already you can see they actually took fiction and brought it to life. And what I'm talking about, if you guys have watched A Star is Born, you know that Gaga's character, Ellie, right? She's mm-hmm. like this 
She's aspiring an musician, singer, yeah, becoming, yeah. Who eventually makes it lah. Eventually Spoiler becomes alert. a superstar. And when she becomes a superstar, there is this real life, you know, all these billboards of her character plastered all over. All over Hollywood, and yeah. Right now, actually, in Hollywood, you can see real live billboards of her character, Ellie, plastered all over Tinseltown. Yeah. So that is kind of like bringing the film to life, you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah. With and that's the a for your of, consideration. Yeah, that's a genius marketing because it's it, it like brings you the movie yeah, into your daily life. Yeah, basically. Also, Netflix fighting for its very first Best Picture win with Roma, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who previously won for Gra- Gravity. Uh, have you ever, has anyone seen Netflix Roma? You've seen it, right? I've seen some scenes, like, uh-huh. you know, limited release and everything, but I actually haven't watched the film. I would really love to. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. You know, people can go watch it. So it's actually on track to win Best Foreign Film. That makes it harder for them to win a Best Picture. They're nominated for both awards. Yeah. So I do think that if they gave foreign film to Japan's shoplifters, which is sublime, like, I love watch it. I love that film. Yeah. The subline is Koreeda Hirokazu's. It's great. But if they gave best foreign film to shoplifters, I think Roma might have a chance. Yeah. But that's why it's filmmakers uh, and Put people in so behind much the scenes. Money. Up, yeah, they're pumping a lot of money. In fact, it is touted as possibly the most expensive Oscar campaign ever, right? As much yeah. as $20 million. Just on the campaign alone, not on the movie, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, New York Times report says that, you know, you have billboards and you have, like, gifts. Dark Oaken chocolate, mm-hmm. signed fo- posters, schmoozing events with uh, hosted by your Angelina Hollywood royalty. Jolie. Exactly. Angelina Jolie, Charlize Theron, Diego, Diego Luna, Luna yeah. you know. And that kind of worked lah. You can tell like yeah. Roma won really big at the Golden Globes. You know, mm-hmm. it won Best Director, Best Foreign Language Film. But whether or not the same, yeah. all these tactics will work for the Oscars. Whether you can convince Oscar to voters to vote for a non-American film, that's the hurdle that's, that you have yeah. crossed lah. It's la. a whole different yeah. ballgame. And then with Green Book... A lot of the, uh, the director and writers all passed, got dug up. You know, yeah. pretty much like what happened to Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. Was originally slated to be um, host Oscar's host. Oscars this year. But then he had homophobic tweets from years ago dug yeah. up. So that know. didn't work very yeah. well for so him. For director Peter Ferrelli, you know, someone dug up his 1998 Newsweek profile. You know, again, stuff from 20 years ago, right? Where he admitted to pulling out his penis in front of several people on his film sets. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> like, don't do that. Do not yeah. do that. But not he very, ever appropriate. He very proudly bragged about it in during the interview. La. So obviously now, you know, his, With the his Me film. Too movement. No, it doesn't exactly. work. Exactly. Yeah. And now that your film is up for Best Picture, wow, this is like bad timing, you know. It's and, bad timing. And yeah. writer Nick Vellonga as well. Like, you know, he, his old tweets resurfaced, you know, mm-hmm. where he claimed to have witnessed thousands of Muslims in New Jersey celebrate the September 11 attacks. Which was so. not true. It was debunked. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was a myth. But he bought into that and people are saying that, you know, he doesn't seem very... Yeah, like why are we supporting, yeah, you know, why are we supporting the films someone of people who is anti-Islamic, like anti-Muslim, Exactly. You know? yeah. So, because by supporting their film, we are kind of like almost tacitly endorsing their views and their, their views, opinions yeah. and, mm-hmm. and their conduct as well, yeah. you know? So it would, or misconduct in this it case. It might affect the Academy voting, but yeah. we don't know. We don't Let's know. see. Let's see what goes on okay. uh, next week. Exactly. We'll see. And all I know, Jen, this is my favourite part, uh-huh. is that I know who I want to campaign I for. know who I want to win. <laughs> okay, yeah. tell me, tell me. Who do you want to win? Um, Firstly, Glenn Close. Like, yes. Just come on, Glenn Close. Glenn Close that woman meets... has been nominated so many times. She's consistently excellent in everything she appears in. I love Olivia Coleman. I really love Olivia Coleman. I really want her to win for the favourite, but... Glenn, close. This is her year. She's she's got to win one. Like she I needs really, to finally take it home. She needs to take she it really home. Needs she needs to take it home. I need to see her on stage. You know, yeah. she's great. And then she's a legend, and it's really about time that we start appreciating our legends before it's too late. Yes, you know? exactly. And then another one I really, really hope wins. 
Black Panther for costume design. If they don't win for costume design, I am going to flip some tables because Black Panther, that Afrofuturism, the colours they use to pay tribute to the African countries, to the Pan-African flag, come on! Like, she did something. She created a whole civilization of costumes. She better win for Black yeah, Panther. Exactly. Yes. Wakanda forever. All right. Yes! So on that note, you know, we don't know whether these campaigns will go as planned this mm-hmm. year, but, you know, at the end of the day, we really want the right talent to shine. And yeah. I think, like, you know, credit where credit's due. You know, you can have all this noise, all these bells and, like, whistles. But at the end of the day, we, we just want, want a deserving person to win. Yes. And that's your dose of pop culture for this week. I hope we did a deep enough dive on the Oscars. It was, it was very deep. La. Yeah, it was slightly longer <laughs> than we expected. But anyway, if you have any ideas on what we should talk about, leave a comment or email us at podcast at sph.com.sg. If you're curious about more pop culture podcasts, you can check out our first episode on K-pop. We delved into the history, evolution and the dark side of Korean pop. Until next time. She was Jen. He was Sam Joe. And this was... Pop vouchers. Thanks for listening, guys. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.